it's Wednesday, you're tired, you're ready for the week to be over, I get it. Let's sit down, grab some wine, and get into some tea. (laughs) This is a safe place to talk about the hustle, love, being real in a fake-ass world, finding yourself in the shit nobody else wants to talk about. Let's spill the tea and sip the wine, okay? I give you real. I give you raw. I give you unfiltered Wine Down Wednesdays. Let's get it. What's up, what's up? Welcome to this week's episode of Wine Down Wednesday. This is your host, your girl, Destiny. And today I have my guest star, my little sister, my little baby sister, Diamond. Hey, guys. What's up? What's good? (laughs) How are you? I'm good. How are you doing? I'm good. I miss you. I miss you too. Charlotte's not that far away, but with this corona, nobody's going anywhere. <laughs> you right about that. Oh, I wish I was with you guys right now. Same here, anyway. girl. For all my listeners, first off, I just wanted to say thank you for joining into this episode. I have my guest star, Diamond, as I just said. That's my little sister. And for anyone that's new, um, my guest stars never really know what we're talking about until I hit the record button. This episode is a little different, though, just to be transparent. I actually already told Diamond what we were talking about because this is going to be a sensitive conversation and it's going to be a very touchy topic. So I wanted to make sure she was okay with being on this episode. So she didn't want to be like Janae Co triggered in here, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, we everybody <laughs> says her name differently, isn't that yeah. crazy? She said her name differently. <laughs> right. We need to copy right. what she says. <laughs> right. But how do you feel being on this show not knowing what we're about to talk about or knowing what we're about to talk about? Makes it a little like, ooh, this is going to be interesting. I really don't know what to talk about or like even like how to get into the subject. Yeah. Or- you told me what we're going to talk about, but still, I'm still not, like, 100% sure, like, what you want me to talk about and what you want me to say, so <laughs> it's kind of still nerve-wracking. I know, and that's good, though, not really knowing what you're going to say, because that means it's the most natural, and that's what the show is about, you know, I intended it to create a safe place for people like me and you, and even, like, the listeners who, they can relate to the topic, but at the end of the mm-hmm. day, they may not have that group or that outlet where they can you know, relate. So that's why I bought mm. Wine Down Wednesdays into, a, or made it into a thing. So like I always say, Diamond, you know the saying, let's <laughs> spill some tea, tea and sip some wine. Okay. I didn't know you wanted me to say it too, but okay. <laughs> you know, I can't do it. I can't do that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> that's how you do it. Okay. <laughs> Anyway, um, the topic of the day is actually going to be surrounding depression, anxiety, and basically, you know, hearing Diamond's story. A lot of people don't know this about you, Diamond, but, you know, you've been through some pretty tough times. 
I feel like my sister has been through more shit at 18 than people will go through their whole lives. Currently That's 19 just now, but 19. we were 18 when, nice. when stuff was happening. But 19 Ooh. is when we finally was finally came to right. peace and centered right. our mind. <laughs> Amen. And you know, you got in through some tough times and you're still going through tough times healing because healing is not just a temporary thing you know no, it's it takes thing. months years it is not going to happen overnight and that's what I had to tell myself and yes you already preaching to me girl <laughs> into nothing. just a little salt bay on it <laughs> yeah and that's why I brought you on the show because you know a lot of people are affected by this and sometimes they really don't have anyone that they can talk to about it or that can relate to them they don't feel like they do exactly exactly and it could be a, a whole army surviving them because i'm an army on myself but <laughs> you got the whole seven deep behind you, you know that's my family by the way shout out seven deep <laughs> seven deep <laughs> you know and it can still feel like you have no one to turn to so i brought you on this to kind of hear your story or even if you don't want to be specific and tell the details of your story just set shed some light and awareness be a voice that way it can help someone or maybe even help you you know I bring people on the show so maybe it could just be a place for them as well you know this is for you as much as it is for me and the people listening and it's hard to know where to begin with this conversation because there's so much we could say on this topic <laughs> but um I guess and if you don't know where you want to start, I have a question for you. Okay, Ask. shoot it. <laughs> I mean, like, did you want to say something based off of what I just said, or do you want me to? Um, nothing is really coming to mind. I was just going to probably just start from the beginning, but that's a little too much, so we're going <laughs> to see what you got. <laughs> I was about to say, that's 19 years, but at 30, I'm confident. So I guess I want to start with the recent event. And that will kind of help you, you know, figure out what you want to say. But you're currently seeing a counselor. Yes, ma'am. At my school. Yeah, like once a week or is it? Um, Yes, every two weeks actually now. At first it was once a week, but now it's every two weeks. Okay. And I guess my biggest question is what led you to finally get a counselor? Because obviously, you know, this isn't something that just happened overnight for you. You know, you probably needed a counselor very early in life, but for whatever reason, maybe you didn't know, or maybe you just didn't have the resources, whatever. Like, what led you to finally getting a counselor? Was it one thing, a series of things? I want to hear that. Oof, that's going from the beginning. Okay. Start so. <laughs> when you need to. Hop around. We here. We're listening. Okay. So, honestly, the last straw to make me see a counselor is I'm in college if you guys don't know but I'm in college and we have to take this thing called first year seminar basically and my teacher he was very into us so he wanted us to write like every um every couple of weeks he wanted us to update him like we'll write a whole letter on how school's going how's life going like just anything really and at that point me and my ex had broken up and I had been through a lot of, with him in the last two years that me and he was dating and I told him and he wrote on my paper and he was like wow you know that's crazy He's, he wrote back almost as long as my paper but basically told me that <laughs> the professor I, yes my professor wrote uh, on the back of my paper like just as long 
basically told me how he's here for me. Like, he's proud that I am where I am. But he really wants me to see a counselor and either he can help me if I don't feel comfortable or, like, um, I can just go by myself. Time out. What was on that paper? Sorry to cut you off, but what was on that paper that made him come to you and say, Diamond, I think you should see someone? What was the paper about? I told him that I was getting out of an abusive relationship and that I had Mm. just gotten in trouble at school because at the time when me and my ex broke up, he also cheated on me and got a girl pregnant. So I was kind (laughs) of... Sorry, that's I was emotional. <laughs> you know, it's it's still hard hearing this, and I'm pretty sure it's still hard saying this out loud. But it makes me emotional because you know you are my baby sister. But continue. <laughs> um, where was I even at? <laughs> oh yeah, I you just told him like I was scared. Yeah, I told him like I was scared because like I kind of got in a little bit of trouble at school because I went off the deep end. I really did because it's just like. I put in two years with you and I did whatever you said. I shut my mouth. You hit on me. You treated me like crap. And I still stay with you. I still stay with you. And <laughs> and it's just like, I still wasn't good enough. No matter what, I was still not good enough for you because you had to go out and cheat. So I just flew off the deep end and I had gotten in a little bit of trouble with um, marijuana at school. And, um, yeah, at that point, I was getting high to forget about the feelings. And mm-hmm. that actually happened a lot throughout high school of dating him. And I was just telling my professor everything, you know. I just, it wasn't even meant for me to turn in, honestly. I was just writing it down. And I was like, I'm just going to keep this for me and I'll write something else. But then I forgot to write something else. And I was like, shoot, <laughs> I'm just going to turn this in. Like, what are you going to do? Report me? Mm-hmm. I'm already in trouble. <laughs> he told me like you know you don't feel comfortable um going by yourself I can help you and I emailed him a black professor because I go to HBCU I emailed him and I told him I want help that's all I said I was like I want help and he was like I'm glad you came to me trust me with this and when I sent that email I literally was like crying because I didn't want help because I just Felt like getting high again because I was in bed crying and like I didn't want to go to the cafe. I didn't want to see my friends. I just and even when I was with my friends, I had to put on a fake smile and that was wearing me out and nobody mm-hmm. could see, you know. Mm-hmm. And I'm so proud of you because that you, it, that's a huge step right there alone by yourself. Just like telling someone you need help. It that's was. a huge step. I did that, that email for there? two hours before I actually sent it. And how did you get there to that point where you was finally able to say you need help? Was it, well, here's a better question. Was it in that moment that you realized that you needed help? Like before you had an idea that you needed help, but you didn't really want to believe it? I knew I needed help, but I didn't want to get help because... I wrote a paper about this at school. I said, in the black community, we're deemed as being strong. Like, don't mm-hmm. be sad. Don't be depressed. Like, your ancestors went through way more than you. We were slaves. You shouldn't mm-hmm. feel sad. What do you have to be sad about? There's nothing to be sad about. You're here. Mm-hmm. You go to school. You have a roof over your head. This, that, and the third. But sometimes you're sad within. You don't know why. And mm-hmm. I started off like that. I was always sad. I never felt like like included and when I went to school when we moved to North Carolina first of all we went to a white school well Wildwood was mixed 
um, Fox Road was mixed, but Carver was not as diverse as other schools, you know, and oh, sorry, <laughs> out of breath. Yeah. So when, okay. when we got to Carver, it was just like skinny white girl with straight hair and like I just didn't fit in and I just so I tried to fit in you know but my hair wouldn't straighten because I was natural we couldn't find a fly iron to straighten iron my, to fly iron my hair and it was just like I never fit in and then finally when I went to middle school I was still not fitting in even though there was black kids they called me an Oreo they said I was too white and I, yeah. I did not know what that meant because I did not act white However, acting white is to society, you know, I wasn't loud and I wasn't ghetto. So I spoke proper English. So that made me an Oreo, you know, which is insane. And I just, it was crazy because I never fit in. And that really made me feel sad and alone. Even if I did have friends and I was getting bullied too. It was just a lot, you know, that a little kid shouldn't have to deal with. Mm -hmm. And I remember... My safe spot was my little sister's class in elementary school. I would go to her class. I would be with the special needs kids and I would be with the teachers. And that was my thing. I would go to her class during lunch. I'll go to her class during recess. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I grew a bond with the kids in there. And, you know, by the time I left, it was just like, well, I can't escape to her class because she's not in middle school with me. And when I hit middle school, I found out that one of the little girls in our class had passed away. Mm. And to be in seventh grade hearing that someone younger than you, like, passed away, that, like, really hit. Definitely because two years Mm -hmm. ago, I was just there with her, and I was talking to her, and I was, Mm -hmm. like, being in the class with her, and knowing someone younger Mm -hmm. than you just died. That's, like, right before Christmas. Yeah. And was that the first time that you really realized what death was? No, I knew what death was because granddad had passed away. Mm-hmm. But I felt like it hit more because she was so young, you know. She had, like, a life. And mm-hmm. it was just like, wow, it can easily be taken away like that, you know. Mm-hmm. And you realize that at how old? I was in seventh grade, so I probably was maybe 12. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Which is crazy because most people don't realize that until my age. I'm 22. (laughs) Girl, it just gets worse. Wait to eighth grade. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, okay, we're listening. So this was when you were 12 years old. Yeah, 12. And then to make matters worse, Snuffy had died. Who's Snuffy? Your cat. Our cat, yes. Snuffy cat. And it's just like, like, man, death is hitting back to the back, you know? (laughs) And then eighth grade year comes around. I know my son he didn't just pass away. He got ran over by a car and left, <laughs> left for death. <laughs> that no, was not funny crazy. at all. You remember, I was crying. Yeah, it was a sad day in the house. I think I was the only one that wasn't sad. Yeah, you wasn't. Like, no, Monet wasn't sad either because she couldn't stand Snuffy because he was always humping on her leg and stuff. <laughs> yeah, he was on her But okay, so. Little girl died. Mm-hmm. Snuffy died. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I kind of, like, not really make peace with it, but it was kind of like, okay, it happened. Like, you know, granddad passed away. She's going to be in a better place because she wasn't a bad person, you know. And then eighth grade year comes around and my friend Keith dies. He gets mm. hit by a car and left mm. for dead. And... 
keep in mind, he wrote the same bus as me. I was still 12 at this point because it was in the beginning of the school year. So mm-hmm. I was about to turn 13, but I was still 12. <clears throat> and we get on a bus in the morning to go pick him up because he was the stop right after mine. And when we got there, his mom was crying and screaming. Like, I could still see it vividly mm. in my head. Like, she was crying. And we like, oh, look, like, what's going on? We saw him laying on the ground. And we were all just like, you know, he probably fainted. He probably passed out, you know, not thinking too much. But when mm. the dad screamed, please take me instead, I knew. Mm. I knew. Like, my heart broke in half. And I had the biggest crush on this kid. I never told him because, you know, shy kid. <laughs> I couldn't do that. <laughs> I never told him that I liked him. You know, every day I was like, I'm gonna tell him. I'm gonna tell him. I'm gonna tell him. But I was like, mm-hmm. but do I want to tell him and ruin our friendship if he doesn't feel the same way, you know? So, you know, like seeing like someone younger than me again on the floor, because he was in seventh grade, but he was also got left back. So he was kind of my age, but not really because like he wasn't in the same grade, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. So that really affected me a lot in the eighth grade, just seeing like my friend's dead body on the side of the road, hearing the police sirens coming because police are first responders. And I was like, why the hell are police here? You know, <laughs> little innocent me finally cursing and stuff. I was like, why the hell are police here? Like, get the ambulance. Like, what's going on? Like, and he was like, Dami, he probably just passed out as good. And I knew, I was like, no, like, if you listen to his parents, you know, mm-hmm. like, you know. Mm-hmm. And probably because you've experienced death before. Yeah, most definitely. And because we were taught to be surrounding, like watch our surroundings and pay close Mm -hmm. attention. So I was paying attention to everything while they were just paying attention to him laying down. Mm -hmm. And then when we got to school, everybody was like, what's wrong with Diamond? Like, she's not talking to nobody. She looks like upset. Like, what's wrong? And nobody on the bus was really talking about it because on the way to school, we all kind of just got like real sad, like, well, they in the ambulance. Yeah, like, because the ambulance started to come and they told us, they told the bus driver that she needs to go. Like, we shouldn't be here. We shouldn't be watching it. Like, lady, you sh- you saw them here. You heard them crying. You should have kept driving. You know, she got in trouble. <clears throat> and when we got to school, like, we all just was quiet. Nobody wants to talk. We got to our class. And, like, probably 10, 20 minutes later, the intercom comes on and it goes, Route 9, which the route I drove in middle school route nine needs to report to the auditorium clearly they brought us to the well we went down to the auditorium and i kind of was like late because i didn't even really want to go so i was like dragging my butt there i stopped at the bathroom and then when i got there everybody was just looking at me like what took you so long (laughs) (laughs) and i was the only one like crying everybody else was kind of just normal and then that's when they pulled me alone and told me that he had passed away and i was like yeah kind of already figured and then, like, daddy, they called daddy, and he came to pick me up. And I remember driving back home, <clears throat> and To Love was playing, and it was called, um, I think it was called High, maybe. And basically, the song basically says she had to get high just to forget about him and, like, forget that she's missing him. And that's the first time I got that idea in my mind, like, man, I probably need to get high you know kid me whatever high is I need to do that (laughs) but eighth grade year was a hard year for me I slacked off I didn't care about my grades you know at one point I was threatening to kill myself but not to anybody just one of my friends Sasha and she told our counselor it was a whole big thing I had to come home I was supposed to go to like 
some counselor, but they were booked. And then my mom fast forward basically, like I was gonna go to I was supposed to go to Holly Hills, which is a mental institution, but like mm-hmm. you know Wait, why were you about to go there? I think you missed a part of the story. No, I had just said that I was talking about killing myself and stuff. You didn't tell us that. Yeah, I just did. <laughs> no, you skipped that part. No, I really just did. You I promise you. You said you just said your friend told the counselor. What did they tell the counselor? Oh, well, I thought I said it. I was telling my friend that I didn't want to live no more, basically. But I never got help for you told it. Your friend what? I didn't want to live no more. And you I, told your friend you didn't want to live anymore. Yeah, I told her like this is gonna be my last day. I'm gonna come to school. I'm gonna say bye to everybody, and that's gonna be it. You know. And how old were you? I was just now turning thirteen. It was like a month later after Keith. Yeah. Okay. Fast forward into high school, you know, I'm still sad and stuff, but, you know, it was just kind of like, whatever, you know, what can you do? So then I started getting involved with boys more, and, you know, I felt like, oh, if I have a boyfriend, I feel completed. So I was hopping from guy to guy to guy to guy to guy, not in a sexual way, just like dating them, like, you know, having a guy. Mm-hmm. And I never felt more alone, which was crazy. I felt so empty inside. Like, I didn't want to live, you know, but nobody knew that. And I couldn't tell nobody that because I didn't want to get sent to a mental institution. And it just got bad. And then junior year, I got involved with this guy. And we were really heavily dating. And he started cheating on me. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I was just like, you know... I don't want to be with him. And I was going to break up with him. And that's the first time he threatened to kill himself if I left. Mm. So I didn't leave. I stayed with and him. And who was this? Which was this? Use a code name. Oh. All right. Hold on. And who was this? Like, use a, use a code name. Okay. This was Liam. We're going to call him Liam. Liam yes. Okay. Liam. <laughs> And he just started to kill himself if I left. So I didn't leave, you know. I stayed and he continued to spoil me, buy me gifts, buy me flowers. Like, he just wanted to seem like a great guy in everybody else's eyes, even though, like, mm-hmm. he knew I wasn't happy and I didn't want to stay. But we mm. wound up losing our relationship. You guys had, like, a, a picture or perfect. You had, yeah. like, a perfect picture on yes. the outside. On the outside, we so happy. I remember that because I didn't even know. Yeah, it was it was really crazy. Nobody knew. Yeah, like, when I found out, like it broke my heart. You know, Whew. I'm trying not to cry. Don't cry. It's okay. I'm just gonna cry. <laughs> yeah, go ahead. Continue. I'm just, oof, I'm just listening. Um, junior year, yeah, he was starting to kill himself and stuff, and I was so unhappy because he was still cheating on me. He was still cheating on me, and I'm like, you really don't want me, so why don't you want me to go? And he was like, you're all I have, like, you're my baby, I'm not even messing with these girls no more. So he would, he would cheat on you. Mm -hmm. You would try to walk away, but he always threatened that he would kill himself. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So you stayed. I stayed. Even though you stayed, he was still cheating on you. Yeah. He cheated on me one more time before things progressed from cheating. Yeah, he was cheating on me. And um, the last time it was with um, a white girl. And that just made me feel really bad because keep in mind, Liam was white. 
And I already didn't feel comfortable with myself because growing up, I was always with the white girls and they always seemed better than me, you know, because they were Caucasian. But he cheated on me and then he finally just stopped. And then he saw that, like, I had a lot of guy friends and I made him very insecure and stuff. And I told him, like, you can't be insecure because I'm not cutting these guys off because I know them before I even know you, you know, these are Mm -hmm. like brothers to me. It's nothing like that. We were in the car when I said that and he just started driving super fast mm. first time I was afraid of my for my life he was driving like probably like 80 and we was on the back roads mm. you know that's like a lot of mm. curves and stuff a lot of curves yeah and it was it was like a 40 mile per hour probably probably 35 and he was pushing 80 about to hit 90 mm. and I was like slow mm. down slow down slow down and he was like he was like why there's nothing to live for and I was like okay I'll stop texting him and I stopped texting him Mm. and then probably like two months later is when he first put his hands on me the first time he put his hands on me was like two months after that it was nothing horrible it's not like he like slapped me in the face or anything but we were in his room and I told him like I don't want to do this no more because we were arguing because someone's name popped up on my phone one of my exes but I wasn't even texting him he was just sliding up for some math work that's it like he just wanted math work that's all it was and he grabbed me up by my arms and threw me on the bed. And he told me I'm not mm-hmm. going anywhere, you know. And, you know, junior year is when I started. <laughs> junior year is when I started smoking weed a lot just to, like, forget about it. And the violence just progressed more and more and more. Like, he became super aggressive. One time we were, like, in a park, but it was also a neighborhood. The neighborhood was connected to the park. And we was going through the neighborhood, and he stopped because we started arguing, of course. And I got out the car, and I was like, I'll just walk to work because we were going to go to work before, um, after the part. We started working together at McDonald's. So mm-hmm. we were going to go to the park and then go to were work. Were you scared when he started working with you? Yes, because that's when jealousy came out more because he saw that I was well-liked, and he thought mm-hmm. that as competition. He didn't trust me. He started becoming every part of your life. School, work. He even started talking about moving in together. Mm, I remember. Yeah. And he, um, this was senior year now that we were actually working together. And he, I got out the car and told him I was going to walk to work. And that's when he got out the car and he like threw me on a light post. Like the Mm -hmm. wooden ones, not like the metal one. It was like wood. Mm -hmm. And I was in pain for the rest of the day. Like, the, they would tell me, like, Diamond, can you get a box of fries? And he'll hurry up and be like, no, I'll get it. I'll get it. It's okay. Because mm-hmm. he didn't want nobody to know, like, I was in pain because, like, he had just violently threw me on a light pole that was made out of wood. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. It got really bad. One time mm-hmm. we were driving on a bridge and he threatened to drive off the bridge. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we. So all these. All these events and everything that's happening with you too, and I hate to cut the story short because I want to hear more of it. But all these events of him being abusive to you—what what did that lead up to? Me drinking, popping pills, and smoking. I was always high. Or I was always drunk, and everybody was like, "I'm trying to get like you, Diamond. I'm trying to be faded like you," because they just thought it was weed, but. Little do you know, I'm popping pills and drinking alcohol at the same time. Mm-hmm. And then after school is when I would smoke weed. Like, But mm-hmm. I'm high off the pills and I'm drunk off my ass. 
They don't know that. You know, you think that I'm just high because smoking weed is cool, but in reality, I'm smoking after school. I'm high on pills right now, you know? Mm. And it led to me cutting myself, just getting high, taking pills. I didn't care about life. I felt like dying was better than staying with him. Whew. You're doing amazing. And I'm so proud of you This from for sharing that. Thank you. Because that's hard. Yeah. So my question for you, all of this happening, you had, you know, and I feel like a lot of people can relate to this. So this is why I'm asking this question. Mm-hmm. You know, you've had people around you, you know, we always say we're going to go hard for you. You know, we may pick on you, but nobody else better pick on you. That was our family's mindset, you know, and that's probably a lot of people um, with family or maybe they don't have family like that. Either way, you know, for whatever reason, you felt like you were still stuck. Why was that? Because every time I was. (laughs) Oh, I'm sorry. It's not sad tears. It's just, you know. It's okay. And every time I feel story all at once, even though that's not yeah. even half of my story. Like, there's more detailed things, you know. Right. It's just we can't talk about 19 years on the podcast, <laughs> you know. But you could, you could start. It's just every time he would apologize, you know, and he'll be like, "No more, it won't happen no more," you know. And I was like, "Okay." And then when I realized no more, it meant just give me two weeks, and then I'll be back on you. It was still too late because either he was threatening to kill himself if I go, or it's just like, even when we did finally like break up for a short amount of time, he was still hitting my phone up. He was still like calling. And even if I blocked him, he would get a texting app and mm-hmm. text me and call me over there. And then there was people on the outside, like just give him another shot. Cause he'll post like, oh, this girl's the love of my life. I did something stupid and I, I will never get it back. So there's a lot of people thinking this great guy wants me back. So they are in my phone now, too. And it's just like, get back, get back, get back. So then I got back, you know. And I was every time. And it hurts me to hear that. The biggest reason is because he really was Peyton like he was the perfect guy. Yeah. To us, you know, we go hard. We're protective. But to us, we was like, oh, he's a good guy. And... You know, whenever you guys got into an argument, we know that you're hot-headed, so we automatically thought, yeah. oh, he's in the driveway because he's trying to, you know, calm her crazy self thing. down. But it really wasn't. I won't blame everything on him. Sometimes I'll start fights because who's this girl on your phone? You already cheated on me through time, so who's she? Like, who's the new girl you know me with? Because she's not calling you baby for no reason, you know? And then... So you started becoming insecure. Yeah. And becoming just like him. I did. But when he started mm-hmm. calling me crazy and when I would ask him questions, it'll turn into something way bigger than it should be. It'll start a fight or like a physical fight or a verbal fight. Mm-hmm. And I was just tired. So I stopped asking questions and I just, I just gave up, you know, I was just making with this is my life. And like everybody else sees this good guy that's always giving me jewelry. But every time he gave me jewelry, it's because he either cheated on me or he put his hands on me, you know? Nobody knows that. Like, all this jewelry that I have just lying around, it's from fights, either verbal fights or physical fights. Mm-hmm. Nothing was a genuine gift anymore. And my counselor, mm-hmm. she showed me this paper, and it was like when they try to control your money. 
and it snapped because he would always ask me for money. He would try to make me work more even like I was working four times a week and two times out of those weeks, it would be like 13 hours, 14 hour shifts because I was working day shift mm-hmm. and night shift. I remember yeah. that. And I would tell you, Dominic, don't work so mm-hmm. much, you know? I wanted you to be a little girl. And I hated seeing you that, seeing you like that because you didn't have to work, yeah. you know? we It's not like we had bills to pay. Yeah. We didn't. You know, we lived in a but family where... To. I remember he bought me a phone, so I got on his phone plan. You know, that was just another way for him to control mm-hmm. me. You know, like he could see my phone activity. I think I'm not 100% sure, but like he'll question me on something, and I'll be like, "That's weird." He probably could yeah, like yeah. He'll question me about something that he knows, like I was doing on my phone. Like, why was you? Were you looking mm-hmm. up this? And I'll just be like, "How would you know that?" like oh uh, you know I saw mm-hmm. you looking at it and I was just like mm, you know so he's crazy he's literally crazy because he's yeah. watching you like in his time yeah. and that's that's creepy as fuck me being logged out of snapchat or like my instagram mm-hmm. password like changing and I would have to like ask him like what's mm-hmm. my instagram password like it automatically logged me out yeah wow, wow. <sighs> yeah So all of that led you to go into counseling or made you realize you were Um, depressed? That was just another marking stone in my depression. It didn't tell me that I should go to counseling. Like, I knew I had issues, but it was just like, but how big is your issues? Like, it's not a big deal. Like, somebody else is probably getting beaten on right now. Like, suck it up and, like, you know, deal with it. So you always belittled the way you felt. You always Always, hit your Always did. What? Do you think that's why you felt empty? I think I felt empty because I didn't know myself worth. I always hated the way I looked because growing up around white girls, that's what you're going to do. You're going to hate the way you look. And if you don't have... Because of your features. If you don't have the features that they have, then the boys don't want you. Or like... And then Disney, they teach you that you need a man. Like, you know? And I think that's another reason why I stayed mm-hmm. with him because I felt like I needed a man. Like, he had this whole future planned out. Like, we move in together, um, go to school together, you know? Like, it felt like how Disney made it feel like. And it was just like, who cares if there's problems when, like, you know, Disney mm-hmm. teaches you be. Do you think a big part of this also has to do with? The shows you watched yeah, and stuff. Disney. Um, I love princesses. I love watching Disney princess. I love brats. I love my scene. I loved all the girly shows, and it teaches you like mm-hmm. boys, 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 pretty, 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 mm-hmm. straight hair, like banging body. You know, like I didn't look like that. You know, mm-hmm. so. So started thinking yeah, something so I you. already felt empty, and I felt like being with him would make me feel less empty, but it wind up making me feel more empty. And to answer your question, I didn't realize I needed help until I was laying in a hospital bed, high off mm. my, off my butt, bro. Like I was so high, like I was mumbling stuff, and I was telling him about like granddad and like grandma, and I was, I was really in a bad place and a lady a social worker she told me like come to my church you know like I just want to keep up with you I want to make sure you're gonna be okay 
And when I finally got off the high, I was like, there are people that care, you know? Like, she didn't even know me. She wants me to go to her church, you know? Mm-hmm. And she was like, try counseling, you know? Don't don't keep going back to drugs. <sighs> when I tell you I was passed out, blanked out, blacked out for half the time I was high, like, I was... I was out. Like, I really didn't know what I was saying. Like, I didn't know where I was. Mm-hmm. I was in the ambulance going to the hospital. Ooh. And I kept blacking out, you know. And then I wrote the paper. And I, like, wound up having to actually give it to my teacher. And he was, like, counseling. And I'm like, maybe. So you started yeah. hearing it more. And I was like, maybe counseling does exist in a black community, you know, like, maybe my feelings mm-hmm. aren't equivalent. And was it not in the black community? Tell me about that. Tell me about growing up in a black community. Because that's a big thing yeah. nowadays, you know, a lot of people don't realize in the black community, mental health is usually not talked it's, about. It's why you're mm-hmm. sad. Go outside. You won't be sad. Pray to God. You won't be sad. You know, like, I know my mom meant no harm by it, but when in eighth grade, when I got sent home for suicidal thoughts, she told me to read a Bible and she gave me her Bible. But that's just the way she was growing. That's the, that's yeah, the that's the way she was raised. Yeah. It was just a generational thing, you know, that mental health isn't a thing because you could just talk to God about it, which is true. You know, God can help, but at the end of the day, it's still a process, you know, it's not just God, it's God and hard work to actually make yourself better, but you can't do that if you're depressed. You can't do it by yourself. It's not just, everybody's like, don't think about it and you won't be depressed. It's not about thinking about anything. I can, you can just be sitting at a table and something hits you and you just get sad. Like not a thought, not like Mm -hmm. a memory, nothing, just like a wave. Like a wave. (laughs) Just like a wave Mm -hmm. just goes whoosh cry mm-hmm. and you're just like I can't cry mm-hmm. like I'm out in public cry but I can't cry so you're on to the bathroom and you'll cry or like anxiety you'll just be mm-hmm. sitting there and it's just like are you scared are you nervous I think you should be nervous look back look mm-hmm. back was she just looking at you I don't know mm, that's not right mm. and the insecurity <sighs> You know, that looks mm-hmm. kind of fat. So it's just like different ways of emotion. And when yeah. it all hits at once, it's just like, you're fat. Look at that person staring at you because you're fat. So then that's anxiety and insecurity and in depression. You're you're mm-hmm. alone because you're fat, you know. And you don't mm-hmm. even have to be fat, you know. I'm just saying like fat as a, in, like an example, you know. And the world can see you as this beautiful person and you'll start having insecurities being like, you're ugly. And then anxiety saying... Saying like you know like like look at everybody staring at you because you're ugly and then depression going like mm-hmm. you will never have nobody and you're always gonna be alone because you're ugly you know mm-hmm. <laughs> well all of that kind of just hit you in that hospital bed and you really realize you need a help I did. And how do you feel now? You know, fast forward to today, you know, is depression something that's ongoing that is a battle every day? Tell me about that. Um, it's better, but it's still here. You know, mm-hmm. I don't want to make it seem like I have no growth at all because I feel so much beautiful. I feel a lot happier mm-hmm. and I mm-hmm. smile because 
I can't. Backtrack, backtrack, because we just did a big hop right there. You went from, you know, being basically on your deathbed to feeling beautiful and good. How how does somebody do that? How do they get out of that hole? Because that's a very hard thing. And (laughs) I can't even say that because I know, you know, I'm preaching to the choir. You know that. It's a hard thing. But how do you do that? You talk to somebody. You write in a journal. I never Mm. thought in a million years I would ever write in a journal. I write in a journal. Every time you feel sad, every time like something's not it's right. Crazy. Yeah. I told you that. I used to always tell you, write your feelings you know, out. I would write, write it out. and then I'll stop because like this isn't helping. But my counselor taught me write mm-hmm. it, think it, process it, accept it. It's okay to mm. feel sad. It's mm. okay to feel alone. Say that again. Say that again. <laughs> write it. Please. <laughs> think it. Mm-hmm. Process it. Mm-hmm. Accept it. Mm. Mm. And accepting is the biggest one. I accept it. It's okay to feel alone. It's okay not to have a boyfriend. It's okay to do your own thing. It's okay to not feel pretty some days. My counselor told me, look in a mirror. Tell yourself you're beautiful. She said, because what I'm staring at is gorgeous. And you have snot running down your nose and tears running down your eyes. And you still look beautiful. Okay? You are beautiful. <laughs> you are beautiful. I tell you that every day. You no, know, it doesn't matter. But, you know, you know sometimes. say it. When you feel insecure, it doesn't matter. I was about to say, that's another point. You know, a lot of people, a lot of parents think it's their fault. A lot of siblings, friends think it's their fault. But it's like, everything you say can still not help that person. You know, it's something deeper. It's like, the way I can explain it is, you're digging a hole. And you're digging, and you're digging, and you're digging. And you fall down the hole. And it's like 10 feet deep. And you fall down it. And you look up and you just see blackness because it's so deep. And then mm-hmm. you just slowly see dirt falling from the pile. Mm-hmm. And it's just hitting you and it's hitting you and it's hitting you. And finally the dirt stops falling, but it's, I'm still in this hole. It's still dark. I, there's still no escape, mm-hmm. you know. And imagine that at the age of nine. At the age of 10, at the age of 11. Yeah. And then the dirt just keep falling throughout the year slowly until you just don't want to live anymore. That's the point where I was at. Mm-hmm. And that's the point that a lot of people's at. I just want, excuse me, a little burp. I just want people to know that no matter how far in that hole you are, there's always a rope to bring you back up. <laughs> mm, I love it. I love it. I'm here for it. And I'm so blessed and I'm so happy that, you know, you're here to say this. I'll try not to cry, but it's like, okay, (laughs) you know, you're right. You're right. But it's like, I'm glad you're here today because the story, you didn't even share half of it. The story that you're telling, some people don't survive that. So one last sentence to tell everyone that's fighting. What are you going to tell them? I don't want to be a a cliche and say something like cliche-ish, you know, like, oh, there's always a light at the end of the tunnel. (laughs) What do you wish wish somebody told you? I wish somebody would have told me that. Like, if you were, or what would you tell your past self, actually? Just keep fighting. Everything you're going through right now is going to lead to something way bigger. And even though it feels Mm. like the end and you feel Mm. like you can't go on, just keep trying. And just try, try Whew. to talk to somebody. Even if you feel like they're going to look at you like you're crazy, at least they hear you. Mm-hmm. At least they could say they didn't mm-hmm. know. 
Awesome. Diamond, I love you. I love you. This has been a great conversation. And once again, you sharing that, I'm, I'm, in, I'm, I goosebumps. <laughs> I'm speechless, as you can see. Like, I never thought that this is where the episode would take us to, but thank you so much, you know, and I'm so proud of you, and I, I hope you continue I hope to you guys rest. listen to the spilled thank tea you. and sip some wine with it, okay? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, I appreciate the listeners. I appreciate my guest host. Thank you for joining me on this episode of Wine Down Wednesday. I'm your girl, Destiny. This was my guest star, Diamond. (laughs) (laughs) And like I always say, spill the tea and sip the wine. Until next time. Bye. Later.